Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This is a special two-part kind of a podcast. Um, right now, Derek Keither and Jim Hayden have joined me, and we're going to talk a little bit about some stuff that happened at the conference. Um, we're going to do a second part of this podcast, which will be, when you listen to it, will be added in with uh, Katrina and Adam, and we're going to talk about the same topic, because we all try to do a daily stand-up at the conference. Um, one of the things that I have found in, in my passing going to conferences is if I get a small group of people and I meet with them every day and say, these are the things that I want to try to accomplish today, then the fear of the guilt of them coming back and being like, what the hell helps me do those things. So uh, Derek and I did it last year and we had other people join in. And this year we did it, I think, on the very first night uh, and it went great. And then for me, at least, it completely fell apart. So I sort of want to explain to these guys what happened with me and why. and um, and then I'll ask them to share kind of what what happened for them as well. And then we'll talk about some kind of takeaways from the conference. There were a couple of things that I picked on, picked up on that uh, I kind of want to talk about and see if what they found or learned as well at the conference. So um, do you guys want to say hi and briefly introduce yourselves before we get started? Maybe Derek sure. go first. Oh, Jim, you go first. Well, heck yeah. yeah. I'm an information, uh, enterprise transformation coach with uh, Leading Agile. I've been working uh, here for what, two and a half years now. Um, excited to do what I do. All right, Derek. And this is Derek Heather, Vice President of Enterprise Engagements and Principal Consultant on one of our accounts. I've been with Leading Agile for a little over four years. All right. And I've been here about a year, almost a year and a half now. All right, so I'll go first. So the first day when we met, um, my goals for the conference were pretty simple. I knew I had a lot to do because I was doing the video podcasts uh, all day. And when I go to the conferences, my goal is not so much like meet people or get business cards. It's try to survive. So I had goals of like meditating every day, taking a nap, <laughs> things like that that were going to help me get through the week. And I sort of got some of them done on the first day, and then it completely fell apart. And I didn't even make it to any other stand-up. And I felt really bad about that because I was the one that suggested that we do it. And, and like I said, it does really help me um, in reflecting on why that didn't happen and and what the outcome of it was. The thing that I kind of thought about was when I first got there, I was talking with Adam about it and all the things that had to, you know, we have to do when we're there. And I knew that I had all these interviews. Like we did, I think, 42 interviews in five days. Um, and then there's always stuff at night. But this year, I took a slightly different approach in that instead of trying to resist all the temptations and all the things that are going on and feeling stressed out about not blocking out time for this or that, I decided I was just going to give myself to the conference and be just like a leaf and see where it blew me and what happened. And uh, it blew me all over the place. I think I slept about three hours a night. Uh, interviews all day long, which is awesome and exhilarating, but really taxing if you're an introvert. Um, and I didn't save time to go recharge. So I went out every night, stayed out till ridiculous, inappropriate hours of the of the night. And uh, on the last day, I was walking to to the, the nighttime event, the closing party with with Chris Lee, a friend of mine. And I was talking about how I just felt completely just devastated, just like exhausted in every possible way. And he pointed out that I'd been doing so much, I hadn't actually taken that time to like go sit and just be quiet and recharge because I spent so much time putting energy out into stuff during the interview. So for me, I didn't do any of the things that I planned to do before I got there, but it was still one of the most amazing conferences I've ever been to just because I didn't resist 
anything. I just went with whatever happened. And I found myself in a lot of really amazing conversations. I met a lot of new people. Um, so even though I failed at the one thing, the thing that I got on the other side of it was really, really very valuable. Um, so I, I want to apologize to you guys for not making it to the stand up after the first day. I do feel pretty bad about that, but, uh, it was good for me on a selfish perspective. So hey, stuff happens. Yes. And lots of stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of where I am with it. Um, you know, I do think it's important to have the discipline and I, and I just let my discipline go. Um, and it was an interesting experiment. I didn't sort of do it consciously, but it worked out really well. Um, so what about for you guys? Who wants to go first? Like, Derek, you had specific goals the first night, right? Yes, I did. So, sorry, I was actually making a little, making some notes because if I don't write things down, I'm going to forget them. All right. So, so, yeah, last year, I think having somebody who I was personally accountable to being you, uh, it motivated me to go from the previous three or four years that had gone, you know, it was a week of, like you said, you know, 120% stand out all night and you're just, you know, grinding to a halt by the end of the week. Last year, it was again, being personally accountable to somebody else. And my goal last year, I don't even remember what it was, but it was the fact that I felt personally accountable that I was going to report back to you every single day. If I, met my goals and, or if I had not, and just that little bit of nudge kept me sober enough and focused enough that it was a really productive conference last year. And even though it was, when it comes on a scale of one to 10 of, you know, 10 being the most out of control animal house type of conference and one being like a PMI conference, uh, it was, <laughs> you're going to the, you're hanging out with the wrong people at the PMI yeah, conference. It, it, it was, I would say last year was a more conservative crowd, but that being said, I wanted to apply those things that I learned last year to this conference. And so you're right. So we got together on the first night and we made those commitments and, and it was interesting just making the commitment on the first night and then having an expectation night after night, even though things might have kind of gone off the rails because that was in the back of my mind, I was keeping myself more accountable because I was ready. You know, it, it's like when we talk to our clients and we say, you know, you're going to have this ritual every day. You're going to do it the same place, same time every day. And if I don't show up, you're still going to do it. And that's kind of what happened is even though you were sequestered doing the videos, uh, I still expected, you know, still holding myself accountable. Even, you know, the, if if it happened or if it didn't happen, I was prepared to, you know, keep my promises to myself. Cool. And so, so it that worked out. I would say it worked out for most of the week. Uh, I did reach each one of my goals. What were the goals? Can you go over them again? Well, it, it's funny. Your goal was not to make contacts and business cards, but instead to do these other things. Uh, my goal it was actually put on a different, you know, to put on a different hat or have a different persona at the conference. And that goal was to really make contacts with people, reconnect with people. And, you know, it really was a little bit more transactional for me. Um, that being said, once I met that goal, is if I could attain that goal early enough in the day, well, then I gave myself permission to do whatever the heck I wanted to do the rest of the day. Oh, okay. Uh, so... But I will, and and I was able to reach the goals, and so I was able to still have a good time at the conference. And 
it was, I mean, it was a really concentrated conference this year, but, uh, but again, yeah, each day expecting to report back to you guys, you know, if I reached my goals or not, that kept me on, kept me on point. So can I ask you a question about the persona thing? Sure. So I used to, one of the big things for me in terms of going to conferences, I used to go to the PMI conferences and I always had, I felt like I was putting on this persona of being serious and businesslike and it took, it was very taxing for me. Like it just wore me out trying to pretend that I'm not an idiot and that I don't do stupid things at conferences. And mm-hmm. I found that when I just gave into that, <laughs> I mean, sort yeah. of like last week, I just, it, I spent so much time resisting things that it kind of wears me down. Did you, if you're not the kind of person that is a, like a natural networker, was that taxing for you in any way or did it kind of come fairly easily? Absolutely you- taxing. It, okay. it, yeah. So depending on who your audience is, is how, or let me rephrase that. I'm not trying to be manipulative or anything, but I have, I try to be very self-aware of the audience in which I'm speaking to or interacting with. And so I can be a knucklehead, you know, if I feel safe and I'm with people that I've known for a long time. That being said, if I'm, if I'm interacting with a C-level executive, I'm not going to be telling them dirty jokes or, you know, just, just being a knucklehead. And so if I'm just like, if I'm going to go to a PMI conference, I will conduct myself differently than if I did going to a traditional agile conference, I say traditional. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, When I, you know, when I would, it was very easy when I would get up early, early in the morning and I would go to lean coffee each morning. I felt safe with that group. It was very easy. uh, And and I had a really good time interacting. I learned some great things this year. had some great conversations at lean coffees, but I'll tell you what, when it was time to put on that hat to say, okay, you're here to help the company. They help the company build the brand, help create some business, create some interest. Um, then it was a shift in my head. And that's when, right, that's when you saw, it's like my fuel gauge going lower and lower and lower and lower. You know, it's not easy for some people to just, okay, look at this sea of people having lunch right now. Go out there, look, you know, look at a couple of people, look at some tables that are, you know, just sit down with some perfect strangers and engage them in conversation. That's not easy for everyone. And so for me, it's easy. If I just flip the switch, I go, okay, okay. this is the character you're going to, you know, be friendly and engaging, learn something from them, see, you know, and, and talk with them. It's not about, oh, I'm going to put a business card in your hand, but it's intentionally trying to engage people you don't know. I'm just not that guy yeah. that will go into a sea of strangers. It's different if you're doing a talk and everybody that walks into the room, you know, they're there to see you. Yeah. And I find that I find that a lot easier than if you're just going out into a networking event. I find that much harder and much more taxing. Okay. So what did you do to recharge during the conference? <laughs> well, I didn't. Oh, okay. Uh, to the point that uh one of our consultants, Jan, she would see me every morning and she's like, Derek, I see you in the same place every morning and you just look exhausted. And it was it w- it took more and more coffee to maintain a certain level to get me through the conference. But I'm telling you what, Thursday, by Thursday, I was just worn out. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, great. But by Thursday, it completely wore me out. And I spent half, I just spent the day just trying to recharge, you know, all of Thursday. And then 
then I was on my way back to Baltimore on, on Friday. And Thursday was the night I got you to, that we stayed out late, right? In the suite? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But you know what? That was okay. That wasn't hard to do. But I'm saying Thursday morning, I was yeah. already, maybe it was the concert that really did it for me. But, um, but yeah, it just built up, you know, through for three days. I would say that if the conference was three days, I could, I could, you, you could know, work it both, the whole time. Both, Right. But I'll tell you what, five days, that is definitely a marathon. You definitely have to pace yourself. I wonder if, like you mentioned safety, and I'm wondering if, like if you, I don't know if you guys have like a little crowd of conference buddies that you hang out with, but I know that like for me at the end of the day, when I'm sitting around with like um, Richard Chang and Chris Lee and Jessica um, and whoever else is there, that's like an exhale point for me. And I can kind of just chill out and, you know, have a bunch of beer or whatever and, and, it is a little bit recharging, I think, if I if, if self-destructive. <laughs> yeah, it was actually reassuring. I, I, was, I did have uh, partners in crime for most of the week, and it was reassuring that you're like, hey, what are you doing for dinner? Hey, what are you doing later? It was like, you, you know, it, it was reassuring that you had somebody to have a conversation with after the fact, and it wasn't difficult at all. You know, it's just a free-flowing, simple easy conversation with friends yeah. And instead of, again, I can't imagine carrying the business side of it into the evening. I mean, the evening is when I started to just kind of unwind and, and reflect on, on what happened for the day and kind of get my thoughts in order. And so it was nice to have a group of people to, to sync Show up with it. each day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Jim? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I have a lot of experience with PMI conferences. Uh, I have, uh, the experience here with the Agile conferences. I think for me, the thing that was most important was getting to understand and, uh, you know, we have a lot of new hires within Leading Agile and just getting to uh, meet folks and, you know, get grounded back in that community. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time at client sites. Uh, we do uh, try to intentionally um, interact with each other and make time for each other and, and share thoughts and, you know, compare notes as it were. Uh, but I find that the time, the face-to-face interactions with uh, folks to be very uh, invigorating for me, uh, even more so than, uh, say, often uh, some of the sessions. Uh, you know, when I come to conferences now, I'm really looking for a couple of things that cause me to pause, think, um, maybe consider things from a different perspective. And so I, I, I look for a couple of those. I look for a couple of things I can pragmatically apply. Uh, in the latter space, a lot of that has to do uh, with our other fellow coaches who are, are at different clients and just interacting with them. And you know, as they go through, here's the things we're seeing, here's the things that we're, um, how we're handling it, um, coming back and applying that myself or thinking about that, how I'd apply that at my current client, uh, I found very uh, helpful. Cool. Yeah. I think that bonding with the other folks, I mean, to get to hang out with them socially was a big deal, especially since we're growing so fast. Well, it's not just a social, I mean, clearly there's a social aspect of it. And uh, just just to have a personal connection with somebody uh, beyond simply maybe a, a half hour conference call um, or knowing that they're on the call when we're uh, having internal uh, client calls, uh, some of that is just, just, just to let that conversation evolve, get to know each other and let that conversation wander and actually then, you know, 
come into the business context and say, this is the kind of things we're, uh, we're going with. Uh, here's the kind of stuff I'm struggling with. And, you know, it gives you a chance to be very transparent with other folks that are doing similar things that you're doing. Uh, and, uh, you know, to get their context, to get their, uh, you know, their, their view of, uh, what's going on. Uh, you know, they can offer oftentimes a different perspective and it helps ground you, helps you go, Oh, you know, I, maybe I, I was looking at this thing, you know, what I was expect, uh, experiencing a little bit differently. And I, I find that to be very uh, valuable. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was, I, and I got, I guess, a lot of that down in the, doing the interviews, getting mm-hmm. to check ideas with people and stuff like that was really valuable yeah. for me. Cool. And, and so some of the other stuff is, I mean, we, we've been to a number of clients. I've been to a number of clients and to uh, meet up with past clients at the conference, uh, reinstantiate or reinvigorate a face-to-face, person-to-person, uh, you know, contact with them. Uh, I find very useful. I can ask them how things are going, uh, see how they're doing, uh, and, and just get a chance to, to you know, re-energize uh, that relationship I find highly valuable as well. Cool. And did you have – what were your – do you remember what your goals were for the first night when we had the stand-up? Yeah, I, actually, I – my goals were again just I, I wanted to really get to know uh, you know leading agile folks better that I you know we've hired or I've I've only met in passing haven't had a chance to really establish a, a personal connection with yeah uh, uh, I wanted to do that I, I did say that I wanted to come away with some different perspectives uh, just a couple things that I might go hmm I need to think about that maybe a little bit differently uh, the other thing is I, I you know. Um, Mike's messages are, are just evolving at, at a, um, I'd say, frenetic pace. And just for me, just to feel like I'm keeping pace with where we as a company are evolving, uh, where we're trying to position ourselves in the industry uh, uh, to tighten up uh, my message so I'm, I'm consistent with where we're going as a company. Yeah. Uh, you know, that to me was really important. And actually getting to uh, hear that. Uh, make some mental adjustments. How do I need to, um, you know, again, um, make this my own, uh, but make this consistent with what we're doing, practice that with people that I'm talking with, you know, fold those things. I mean, I know, for instance, Mike was talking about um, uh, encapsulation and orchestration and just that verbiage and being able to fold it into conversation and make it natural. Uh, the, the aspect of, you know, here's, here's, here's how we as leading agile approach the problem differently than everybody else in, in the market. Yeah. Uh, why is that important? How is that? You know, and, and then not making one of these kind of rope sort of things where you're kind of clicking off something like mental Rolodex, you know, but how do I make it personally? How do I, how do I tie it back into my story? How I came into agile? Yeah. How do I tie it into uh, what I'm seeing with the clients? Uh, and so I, I find that a, a hugely important thing because I can validate messaging uh, with internal leading agile folks as I have conversations and, and, and you know, see where I may be, um, you know, straying or I might be kind of, you know, maybe there's a new perspective I need to add or color my, um, you know, my thoughts. So, so strengthening the connections and sharpening yourself professionally a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Did you guys, so you, you guys went to sessions, right? At least some. Yes, and, and there was a couple that I. It was all I could do to keep from coming out of the seat and go, "Man, you're learning the wrong lesson, and this is the wrong way to approach it." <laughs> <laughs> well, was there anything that you guys picked up on that was like a positive takeaway, or, or something that you noticed that's shifting in Agile? Uh, well, it was interesting, Jim. Maybe you saw this differently, but um, I 
or maybe our, maybe it's our collective perspective is, is shifting, but it looked like the conference itself is becoming more and more introductory. There's a lot more content that's like introductory to agile practices and concepts and a lot less of the more complicated, hard stuff. Um, and so as a result there, it was, it was interesting. It's like you, you, people were debating fundamentals versus exploring different things. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, uh, one of the things I seem to think, you know, because we talk about how people come at uh, the problem, especially scaling Agile from uh, from different vantage points. Uh, some people feel like, hey, we need to get people thinking correctly. You know, that's that. Uh, you just have to be Agile. I have to get you to think. Um, your culture, you know, they lead with culture. And other people go, well, we just need them to get them to do the process and, the, and, and the, the methodology correctly once they get them doing something in a different way. And, you know, our perspective is, hey, let's, let's provide this air cover. Let's provide this this safety uh, across, you know, throughout the entire vertical of the organization from the strategy and the senior level executives all the way down to the delivery execution layer and uh, and, and have these convers- these tough conversations uh, as opposed to, hey, I'm going to pull off this pilot off to the side and just totally decouple it from all the other things that everybody has to live with and then try to port that back. I, I feel a lot of times that people, you know, I'm sensitive to now that they, they've got the, you, know, you can see this person feels that like culture is first. Uh, this other person over here feels, oh, I just leave with process. And uh, it's, it's, it's almost like, crap, I, you know, I'm I, sorry. Um, I, 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 <laughs> Honestly, if that's what you're worried about, that word, that's nothing. <laughs> no, I, trust me. I, I've got this mute button here going. I've been, I've been doing well on that. But yeah, you know, I, there's part of this, like, I, I, I'm now sensitive to this kind of, um, mental model about how people think. And it's right. I go, I go, I could, you know, as you kind of peel the onion back, you go, you feel that, you know, just culture first. And I go, sorry, pragmatically, that's not working, especially in the type of clients, you know, you fortune 200, fortune 100 clients we're working with. Sorry. Their culture is kind of ingrained. And we have a lot of people that have worked 20, 25 years in the same place. And they're going, I'm just going to outlive you. I've, <laughs> I've seen this come and go. I'm just gonna, you know, wait for TQM to come back. Oh yeah, you just said something that that I was that I was gonna mention as one of my key takeaways. Um, and it's I think I have a different perspective because I'm down in that room the whole time and I get to invite whoever I want and ask them questions the whole time. But I noticed a shift. So a couple things. One, the past two years, the complaint about it being too basic was pervasive. This year, I didn't hear that down in the room as much. Because people that, that were coming down for interviews were going to like the Audacious Salon or the Stalwarts or some of the experience reports, and they mm-hmm. were getting deeper stuff. Um, but but the thing that was very impactful to me, there were two things. I didn't hear a lot of people talking about scaling when they came down. What people were talking about was this debate that you mentioned, Jim, this emerging thing of, is it a systemic issue or an environmental issue or a structural issue that we need to address? And I heard different people battling different, you know, kind of arguing for different sides of that. And that was really interesting. Um, And then almost every interview that I had, people talked about safety and both of you guys have used Mm. that word in this, in this conversation today so far. So that's, I've never heard that before. Well, it's funny. So, so I, you know, part of this, this, this argument just makes me think back to trading places and going, having a dollar bet in the bathroom with somebody. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
it's funny that now that I've got this perspective and I, you know, I, this is something I really appreciate about uh, how leading agile is different is that we have this perspective about providing safety across the organization, realizing that people are dragging with them a worldview, realizing that people have said, we've tried things in the past, realizing that they're just totally, you know, entwined and coupled together and just can't move. And this, this, kind of, I'm going to wave a magic wand and you just need to think differently or wave a magic wand. You just need to do something, you know, process wise a little bit differently. It just doesn't work in the pragmatic reality that we face every day. And I appreciate having a different perspective on how to approach it. Yeah. It was, it's neat to me to see that emerging as the thing. Whereas like two years ago, it was all either about scaling or the human side. And now It's, it's, there's, you know, three different ways to approach the problem of transformation. But no matter who I talk to, everybody was talking about how important it is to create safety for the people that are doing the work or trying to push the change or whatever it is, which was, that was just an interesting twist. And, and the other thing that was a big deal came out of Ron and Chet, their whole thing of, why are you talking about scaling if you can't even deliver working shippable stuff in two weeks? Like, what, what right. is the, what are you going to scale? Like, dysfunction? You know, and I thought that well, was yeah, pretty impressive. That. But the safety is not just for the delivery team. The safety goes all the way up the food chain and goes all the way to the senior executive who's, who's you know, placing a bet. Hey, I think this agile thing might help us out. Uh, we've tried everything else. It's not working. Uh, the more we try the old way of doing things, you know, more process, more structure, more gated kind of review, the slower and the worse it gets. Yeah. And yeah, so I- we have to provide safety in that space as well. I'd like to extend, when we're talking about safety, the thing that really took me back, I don't remember which day it was. It was at one of the link hobbies, and someone, well, one concept kind of rubbed people the wrong way as we talked about the conference itself, and that there was a lot of predator versus prey. I heard uh, that. After you told me that, I heard that crop up a bunch of times. Yeah, and, and here's the other one, was the code of conduct. I had no idea that the conference had a code of conduct. And then I heard about at least one of the speakers, and then I heard from some of the purple shirts, some of the volunteers, how they didn't feel safe in certain environments and what were, you know, what was being done to create safety for them at the conference in order, you know, safety so, as in intellectual safety, safety as no. in physical safety. What were you talking? F- physical safety. Be, right. It was there. There should be a certain level. There, there is a code of conduct. How many people who attended that conference actually knew there was a code of conduct and knew that we should abide by it? And by the last day, people, uh, there were presenters that were putting the code of conduct up on their first slide. Uh, but again, I heard from one speaker directly who she said, she said, you know, there was a lack of safety. She did, you know, it was. You know, it was a conversation at one of the, the lean coffees, but it, it, sh- it really took me back about certain mm. conditions that could exist at the conference. But more importantly, I had no idea that was, you know, is there a code of conduct? And, you know, what do we do if people violate that code of conduct or if we violate that safety for, for the speakers well, or attendees? So, yes, it's funny because I'm sitting here, you know, and, and for me, code of conduct is like normal. You know, this is, well, yeah, of course we have a code of conduct. Um, but but a lot that of the people that go to it, they kind of come unwound. 
So for, yeah. first of all, the predator prey thing, that was more about people selling and people that are potential buyers. Correct. Let me put, yes, the context of that was it felt like a majority of the conference were people selling and, and being the predators. Everybody's looking at like, you know, like I said, they were the predator and then the prey were first time attendees. They were there to learn, but. Uh, it's like an again, agile were, meat market. <laughs> it was, and they were in a minority, and they in, and they said the pattern that they've seen over the, over several years is you see the predators or the vendors there year after year after year, whereas you may see these first these first and only timers. People come to the conference one time, and yeah. they don't come back, and so there's this revolving door of of attendees that are there to learn. And yeah, it was just, it was an interesting comparison. So on the code of conduct thing, that's, I've seen that like pick up a lot over the past, say two to three years at the digital project managers uh, summit symposium, whichever, I can't remember what it's called. uh, The DPM summit, sorry. Last year, they mentioned the code of conduct in almost every single talk, which I thought was wonderful um, just to keep that fresh in people's minds because there are people that get, you know, out of control. Um, Diana Larson um, and Ainsley Nyes were both wearing safety pins. And apparently that's a thing that started where if you're wearing a safety pin, you're indicating to the crowd, if you feel like you're in an unsafe situation, you can come to me and I will, I will keep you safe. Hmm. Which I thought that was a pretty cool thing too, like a subtle way of saying, you know, I'm going to keep it together and be here for other people. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we, it was... Again, it was something that was not in my field of vision in the past, and it was suddenly brought front and center yeah. at this conference. And so now I'm very, very aware, and I'm very interested, and now I'm actually looking at it. It's like, is this showing up in the stream on Twitter? Uh, is, it, you know, is it being announced for Agile 2017? Is it going to be for a scrum gathering? or what, Whatever the conference or meetup or whatever it is, is, you know, is this important or is this being shared or communicated? Yeah. Cool. It'll be interesting to hear what Katrina has to say about all that too, since she's a first timer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be curious about that. So did so before we wrap up, did you guys have any like specific since we've all been to PMI conferences, lessons learned, like something that you are gonna do differently next time when you go to the Agile conference or to a conference? There were two really good sessions that I want to call out, the ones that really resonated with me. I was really interested. One was Jay Bloom's and the other one was David Bland's. And they, what it was is it was something different. It was something challenging and it, and I I didn't understand it at the beginning and coming out of it, I want to learn how to apply it. So it was a really a learning experience. Uh, And so to that, it's about planning things out. It's like, I was a little bit more reactionary this year than I was in, in the past. And so it's about really kind of mapping things out early or just having an idea of what you want to go for and see what you're going to get at. And so for me next year, it's, well, if I go next year, let's, let's ask that. Like, honestly, do I need to be there the whole week? You know, can I look at the content? I'd like to be able to look at the content and say, do I need to be there the whole week next year? Or can I get what I want out of the conference in just a few days? Yeah. Cool. What about you, Jim? Yeah, I think, uh, like Derek, there was a couple sessions that I really wanted to go to that uh, by the time I got there uh, were closed and I wasn't able to. And, you know, I had some other 
sessions that I went and pivoted to. But I, I think next time when I go, uh, I'm going to be very, very intentional about uh, some very key presentations that I absolutely want to go see and make sure that I actually see them. Um, I, I was um, not as intentional about, um, you know, I, I think I had a kind of an overall thrust. Here's, here's the sessions I want. I knew, I knew what I wanted to go um, to see, uh, but I had it like a top, third or a top 10%, I have to see these and come hell or high water, I'm going to be able to see them. Um, and I let, um, that's kind of the leaf thing you were mentioning. I, I leaped through and I go, Oh man. And then by the time I got there, it was already full. And yeah. so <laughs> I, I think, uh, for me again, cause one of the things I, I value the connections, I value the interaction. I value the things I learned from face to face communication conversations with folks. However, there are a couple things, you know, because this is the one time I, I get to see this person in person um, um, speak. And uh, I think that's valuable. I think I missed out. You know, I, I, the things I had this conference were great. Uh, however, I do feel I missed out on one or two sessions that I really wanted to see. Um, cool. Yeah. And, not, and not just the sessions. I kind of kicked my – I definitely kicked myself this year. I – didn't get to, I didn't make the space. I didn't make the time to go have coffee or have direct conversations. I mean, there were some people that I, oh, I'd really like to connect with these people when I'm at the session or at the conference. And I passed them half a dozen times and we're pointing fingers at each other and like, hey, we got to get together later. Well, guess what? That you time didn't. has passed. And now I'm just like, oh, I really wish I would have made that time because it was like, I remember a couple of years ago making the time every morning and having coffee with Jim and with Paul Sutton. Yeah, we did. I enjoyed that. that. Yeah. And that was something I'm like, and I saw Paul and I wasn't, and I wasn't able to have that coffee that, you know, have that coffee when that would have just made really. Ah, but I had breakfast with him. I had okay, <laughs> rub it in. But so, my point is there, there were some people I, I should have made the space for and that's, something I'm carrying into next year is make the space to have those conversations with those people that you don't see every day. Yeah. I, I actually did something again, unintentionally this year. I went out every night with a list of people to find and I hunted them down. (laughs) And so that, that worked really well. The only interviews that I didn't get to do that I wanted to do, uh, Jabe, we weren't able to work at a time and I finally got to meet him in person, which was great. And I'm hoping to get to interview him. And Arlo, uh, I didn't. I met him, but I didn't get to, to interview him. And those are two that I was really hoping to get. But the one big learning that I took from this conference was never borrow the CFO's badge, because I borrowed <laughs> Paul's badge, and I promised to get it back to him. And I thought I transported it to someone who would safely deliver it, and it disappeared. So, Paul, I'm sorry. I'm horrified that I, that happened, but I will never borrow your badge again. <laughs> so, nice. Cool. So um, thank you guys for doing this. I'm going to do another one of these on Monday with Adam and Katrina and sandwich it in with this, and then um, we'll post it for everybody to hear. But uh, thank you guys for doing the interview. I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks Thanks, again. Thanks, Dave. Thanks. All right. So this is part two. After a couple of false starts, we're going to actually try to record some stuff. Now, Adam Ash and Katrina Coker have joined me, and we're going to talk about what their experiences were at the conference. So Katrina... This was your first Agile conference, and it was also Adams, but you're kind of newer to this space. Um, so how do you how do you think how did you feel at, like at the other end of it in terms of somebody who's new to it and maintaining your time and managing your experience there? I did none of the above. Uh, <laughs> I was vastly vastly 
underprepared, overwhelmed. And my primary goal was specifically to learn as much as I could be, be an observer. And I really just didn't know what to expect. And I probably was exhausted from the very beginning. Okay. And you've come home with a cough from the conference. He has come home with, with a, an awful cough. Not really sure. Are they saying sinuses, but who knows? And I would say I, I was kind of somewhere between the sessions that I wanted to go to to follow the Agile Boot Camp track. Okay. We're, we're all filled up. Okay. So I ended up going to just other sessions that I, I chose genuinely because of the, the title or um, towards the end of the week, what people were telling me to go to. Okay. And I, I kind of feel from from a conference standpoint, I felt like it was had to do a lot of team collaboration, which I'm already familiar with, but I felt like I didn't know enough to make the other things applicable. So I feel like I could understand how people were saying that it was very basic, but I would I feel like it even wasn't basic enough for me. Um, but I'm, I'm new to the industry. I'm new. That was my new first time at the conference. And so I feel like I've been on site with a client twice so far and I probably learned more from that, but then being able to go to the conference and put those things to have, to have the on site being the reference. Okay. So going to the to the conference without having a lot of practicum yeah. was probably uh, difficult, but I think that the Agile Boot Camp track probably was meant for that. Yeah. Now, when we had our stand-up the first night, did you manage to get your stuff done the next day? I did, uh, but really for the purpose of because I knew I wanted to go to the Lean Coffee and I knew Derek would be there. Okay. And so not only, you know, I did the podcast with you previously on accountability partnership. So that's really important to me anyway. Yeah. But I, my word is everything to me. And I would, I would don't want anybody to come back and say, man, you said you were going to do A, B, C, and D, and you didn't do any of it. So I knew that one of my primary goals was to get up and go to that lean coffee. Okay. At least one day. And I did do that one day. That's good. Right, you got one thing. I I didn't do almost anything that I said I was going to do, which I would normally kind of be pummeling myself about the head. Like it sounds like you kind of were a little bit, but when I realized, I mean, one of the things when Adam and I were talking, I think it was Adam. We were talking in the beginning that first night when I made when I was trying to get you to stay out. Sure. The whole, whole thing about giving yourself to the conference, which I totally did. I just let it blow me all around the place, and it was. I concur with that. What. I said, I concur with that. I, <laughs> same exact way. I just went with the wind. Yeah, but it, I ended up having the best conference that I've had in years because I think because I didn't fight anything. And also because I got to work with Adam the whole time. Well, that sure makes a difference for most people. <laughs> so, Adam, what about you? Well, it's funny because I didn't go in there with uh, a ton of expectations. So I've been to many conferences, but never an Agile conference, which is ironic because that's what I do for a living. But in my previous positions, um, my employers didn't really 
value me going to agile conferences. They did value me going to other conferences like software conferences and others that I spoke about agile at those conferences. So it's a little bit of a different thing for me. But what's interesting to me was since I didn't have an expectation, number one, and number two, one of my goals was to really, uh, as, as I go for my CST, which is one of my life goals, right? Um, that was really to meet people, to start um, making myself more part of the community. Those were some of my goals that I wanted to achieve, and you really helped me to do that. So from that perspective, I really think I achieved those goals. Cool. Okay. And did you feel like, I mean, you actually managed to take fairly decent care of yourself during the week, not like some of the rest of us. I did. I did because for two reasons. One is I didn't go in there planning on doing the podcast with you. And once I started doing that, um, it was really taxing. So I knew I wanted to pace myself. That's number one. Um, and number two, I really wanted to make the most of meeting the folks I was meeting and make sure I took advantage of those things. And I knew if I overdid it, um, I might not have gotten to take advantage of some of those. those <laughs> you'd, end up like, you'd end up like me. <laughs> Well, as long as one of us was able to, you know, make do what a, we needed make to a do. Sentence. We could, that's right. I was the designated whatever. <laughs> I will say, though, that a lot of people I felt like by even on the uh, with Derek and Jim, we're talking about by Thursday, pretty, pretty much we're done. Yeah. And probably <laughs> having the stand up that when we had it was helpful in order to pace myself because I knew that Wednesday, since we had our big event, we were going to be out late and that was going to be a long day. So Tuesday night, instead of going to one of the other sponsors events, which was on my to-do list, more for of, you know, showing up. Yeah. Yeah. Just to say, you know, other people are coming to our events. It's kind of the right thing to do. But I ended up not doing that. And it was probably the best decision because I was able to get through the rest of the week. Yeah. I think that's an important thing is to take care of yourself. And I, you know, like I said, I failed at that this year, but usually I'm very good about that or try to be. I think you still did your job. Yeah, I still did my job, but I think I could have been, I mean, I guess you make a choice, right? I could have gone to bed earlier and been a little bit sharper in the morning, but I also wanted to see what happened if I kind of just went with that social thing at night and, and didn't stress out about it. Cause I usually spend so much time fighting. <clears throat> like I would usually do the podcast, go take a nap, go back out. And this time, I mean, I got a little bit of that, but not not as much as usual. And it was okay. I mean, it was just, it's it's a rough week. And I think as long as you know it's only going to be a week, it's good. But um, for me, last year and the year before, having that daily connection and making and meeting those commitments, I think was really good. I think if, if we were going back, I mean, to, if we go back next year, I'm going to try to block out that time better than, than I did this time. So any do you guys have any sort of parting words or any anything that you learned about yourself or or about how you work while you were at the conference that you're willing to share with the with the millions of people that are listening to this? Yeah, I, I felt like I liked the fact that when when we talked about me helping with the podcasts, um that gave me a focus, number one, so I had some job to do. I like having something to do, so I'm used to at many conferences being a speaker, so I kind of have a job to do when I focus on that. And I thought that was good to, since we were representing our company, who was a big presence this year. It really was, for me, it felt like I was able to contribute more than I would have had I just been attending and meeting people and, and, and going to all of the, the sessions. So I thought that was really good, personally. I, I, the only point I wanted to bring up is because when I was listening to what Derek was saying, 
um, he talked about some issues with people having some issues with safety, and he meant personal safety, not intellectual safety. And uh, since Katrina was there for the first time, I didn't, I wasn't maybe sensing that, so I didn't really, you know, I, I want to know if if she felt that way. Did you feel that way, Katrina? Uh, if we're talking about from safety and being able to say what you want, I didn't have any issues with there being where I could didn't feel like I could say what I wanted. However, I I did have an experience where I noticed there was one speaker who just had a little bit of a somewhat of a clip in her voice, and I didn't feel was as receptive. And she was one of the people talking about the code of conduct and the importance of the code of conduct. Interesting. Huh. It was very, it was very minute, and that could just be her personality. So I, don't name names, but I want to know who it was. Now, let me. So, can I, in terms of personal safety, Katrina? Because you're, you're a woman. You're young. You're new to the space. Did you feel at any time like this was not a safe environment, or that you weren't didn't have people around you that could watch out for you? Oh, just so I can confirm, are we talking about physical safety? Well, now or- I'm talking about physical safety. No, everybody was really laid back. Everybody was really friendly, open, um, and I did not fear for my safety. I mean, I'm even from Georgia and not a city girl. I mean, and even walking around with people in the city, I didn't feel there was danger. Okay, that's good. Cool. I know they're trying to work on that. Now, but I will say with that being said, one thing that I had to be very aware of from maybe an intellectual safety is being new to the community, I wonder, I probably was a little bit more in tune with what I was saying and how I was speaking, the questions I was asking to, as to not to appear as if I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. I think that's good. I mean, but I also think that it's unavoidable when you're new to this space, you're going to sound kind of sophomoric half the time. It's so were other people concerned about their physical safety? We, I mean, that was something that Derek brought up in the, in the, in the conversation. Well, Derek is, 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 you know he's not he's small so maybe he was afraid <laughs> he's not very yeah he's not a very brave person it's true no i think that there were there is that that in conferences in general like i know at the, at the digital pm summit the safety thing is a big issue it's just becoming a lot more of a topic that people who run conferences are yeah. focusing on so. I, I didn't notice it with this but that doesn't mean that there were not any issues yeah but i also think because we had a big group that there was always someone around us from our group. Yeah. That does it make a big difference. Probably a little helps. Yeah. Cool. So do you, Katrina, do you have any parting like learnings that you want to share with the world? I mean, I would just say that I, I think especially with how underprepared I was that a stand up going forward in future conferences would be very beneficial because I think it would also help me prepare my, focus in my energy and being able to set a little bit more goals. So whereas this time, while I had the goal of, you know, learn as much as possible, I'm like Adam to where I, I didn't really feel that I had a specific purpose. Yeah. And I like having a purpose and I like having some specific to do's, but I think that maybe that's not necessarily related to the standup, but specifically that would be my takeaway is just that I highly recommend it. And I would participate in again, if other people had that, I would actually do that on a regular basis. Anyway, I think we have tribes as a company. Yeah. So that's something that I 
I like. Well, I think for me, that's part of why I wanted to start doing it was I'd go to conferences and I didn't have specific things I had to do. I would want to have somebody I could commit to to say, I've made these objectives for myself. This is what I'm going to do today. Because without it, I'm just kind of like floating around. Well, I'm also hearing that a lot of people have been sick after that. And so I don't know if that's a a usual thing. So Thank maybe you. having someone else specifically to say, whoa, slow yourself down, slowly roll. Or, hey, maybe you need to ha- take, what is that stuff? The airborne stuff? Yeah. <laughs> to prepare. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's a week that you want to get ready for and, and block time out on the other side of. All right. I, I have just invented Agileborn and it's going on Shark Tank. There you go. <laughs> All right. So thank you guys for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Dave. Oh, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Adam. Thank you.